to Quest Me, your weekly review show of everything Star Wars. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Couple things. And first, most importantly, Justin is back. Woo! Oh! Woo! Justin is back oh. from his trip to Disneyland. And. Oh, yeah. First, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling rejuvenated. My legs and feet were so done. My lower back. I, we walked like uh, 100K throughout the, the few days we were there. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a long time, but it was so much fun. It was really, really was. And you got you got to basically go to everything, right? You got to go to the Universal Harry Potter Land. You got to go see all the yeah, Disney yeah. stuff. And you we were in Disney for three days. Did Universal our last day or so, and got to experience everything because we had a park hopper pass, so we got to go to California Land Adventure and then oh. back to Disney. And yeah, it was is great. The little girl absolutely had a grand old time. I bet seeing all the characters she wanted to. Minnie and Ray were her favorite at uh Disney and then uh Scooby Doo at Universal. Okay. So it's all to be expected. Yeah. And so But like overall it was it was a good experience. And you said Ray, so that means you got to go to Star Wars land? Oh, I got to go to Galaxy's Edge. What? I am so yeah. jealous of you right now. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I was mean to you, man. I was I was taking pictures and then sending them to you after I was freaking out about it. I know the whole like, time. Like, oh, Josh would love this. Ah, gotta get it. Oh, look at that. It's it's a small thing, but it's an Easter egg. And I'm just begrudgingly like, yes, Justin, I love it so <laughs> much. <laughs> Give me more. Well, I'm so glad that you guys had a great time. Um, I'm I'm super stoked that you got to go to Galaxy's Edge because you know, duh. And uh, I'm right. I'm happy that you're back. Thank you for thank you thank being you. here again. Um, this week we actually have. Another newcomer to Quest Me on the show. He is the host of the Jacked Up Review Show podcast. His name is Cam. Welcome to the show, Cam. Thank you. <laughs> I've been guessing like crazy all this month. It was about the sixth one. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's great to have you on, though. Like like I said, you're a newcomer. You haven't been here before. It's always good to have the new people on. You guys so. got a great attitude, so it's... <laughs> Hey man, we we try for sure. Yeah, we're not Star very... Wars one for a change. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we're not very negative about things, although we can be uh, Bad Batch, for instance. But uh, we're not normally very sense. negative. Those were pretty so. funny episodes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> it was rough, man. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's it's like I said, it's great to have you here. You do the show called the Jacked Up Review Show podcast. We'll do all those links um, and all those plugs here. And then, of course, in the show notes, um, all those links will be there. But let's first start with the, you know, the question that I, I like to ask everybody. What got you into Star Wars? What was your first experience with Star so, Wars? Oh, 99, 2000. I had the special editions of the original on VHS, uh, borrowed from family members, saw Phantom of the Menace in the theater with my father and uh sister and brother and i just from that point on i just saw how visual effects were just changing as a whole as a visual storytelling literally and 
wanted to basically see anything that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg had worked on, as well as just the various movies that and shows that had, you know, inspired Star Wars and were now being reimagined from their comic book counterparts into actual movies. So everything from Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon to, again, every incarnation of Lord of the Rings. I always enjoyed epic storytelling and, you know, cool villains, unstoppable armies. And, you know, I got into all the other stuff from there, the Ewok movies, Indiana Jones. Uh, and so Star Wars was kind of your gateway into all sorts of stuff. Then. Yeah. Star Trek, all Twilight Zone, anything yeah. that even just, you know, was kind of like alien or predator, but in space with laser fights and, yeah, you just go with it. You it, enjoy all that epic. Really, op- it sounds like it opened the door to your like sense of fantasy. Yeah, and that was always a predicament. You're like, oh yeah, it is outer space knights with a code and who fight like samurai with laser swords. Oh, okay, yeah, but is it the sci-fi thing? Because yeah, it's in space with spaceships and robots, but it's not cyberpunk. Then we're not getting inside Freepio's head. <laughs> now he's right. a cyborg. Not yet. But yeah, I got into all the other stuff, Terminator and um what's that's the uh that's so cool. I, I don't think I've ever really met anyone that said that Star Wars was their gateway into everything. It's usually... I mean, I was watching all the other cartoons like Warner Brothers and Disney, but it was definitely sure. one of those where you're just like, Okay, now we're getting used to the whole like whenever I would see a movie or show that was having you know, five different battles going on at once, I think it got me in that zone. I and when I saw that George Lucas had studied to be a documentary guy, I was like, oh, okay, see, he has that eye for get as much coverage of everything and right. layer it all making, together. Yep, making sure you're capturing every moment of, of everything. Yeah, totally. that's really cool. It's also really cool that most of most of our guests that have come on, w- their first movie was episode one. Oh, no, no, that was the fourth one, but I... I saw it okay, around the okay. same time, back to back with the special editions. Okay, but no, it's fine. Okay, and see, I, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is my I was spe- a fan the, of the special prequels. editions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the special editions were my first introduction into it, um, and then obviously episode one in the theaters and stuff. Did is you what skip really, school really to me, see so. Revenge of the Sith? Did I skip school or had I dropped out already? Um, I did. Uh, my. So when did that come fact, out? Was that 2005? Yeah, I had already. Yeah, my, I didn't have to skip school. I my mother school. came to <laughs> class to pick us up with a doctor's note. Nice, because she knew is like, oh, we're all going to this. But oh, it was score. even hysterical because they didn't know it was PG-13 and that it was going to get really intense at the end with the burning really dark. Yeah, and I was like, it's Star Wars. It's going to get dark like Empire. I mean, I had had the warning, and I, I didn't need any other coverage. I read the Dallas Morning News who gave it an A minus the next day. And I was like, yeah, no, great good enough. experience. I would not give that up for anything. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's really cool. Um, and again, that's, it's always good to hear those first experiences from, yeah. from other people. You Nowadays know, so. everyone wants to look at red letter media or how everyone reacted right. to it that back, you know, now. And it's like, why are you making an exception? Why not look at how people reacted back then and then contrast it with now, like any other movie. It's, right ridiculous it's kind of like with hellraiser fans who acted like it was always a hit i'm like oh it made money but mainstream critics and audiences didn't like movies like that it was a hit (laughs) on video stores it's people seem to think everything has to be accepted now and then it's kind of like with this new dune movie where they're like oh what do you think of it i'm like 
I don't know until I see part two. It's a big, giant, interconnected story. It's a saga. If part yeah, two is bad, it. I'm probably not going to rewatch part one. If part two right. is great, I'm going to totally rewatch both these. <laughs> right. Heck yeah. Um. So, I think, uh, let's see, did I have anything else? No, I didn't. But. As far as those people watching, I want to thank everyone that's in the in the stream Hi right guys. now, watching, checking it out. Say what's up. We are what's here. Up? We will always comment back and and talk to you and whatever. But J, J. Lou's got we, a lot of wampas in the back there attacking him. Yeah, he does. Uh, are those wampas? My oh, yeah, wife's office. Wampas. <laughs> nice. No, I wish. Nice. Those are bumbles. I know. Bumbles. It's that's awesome. Sasquatch. They look like no, wampas, but. So Quest Me goes live every Tuesday at about eight thirty to nine Mountain Standard Time. Sorry, 8.30 to 9 Central Standard Time, 7.30 to 8 Mountain Time. I'm still getting used to moving from Mountain to Central, but you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. Um, obviously, this season we are talking all about Andor, and today we are on Episode 7, which is called Announcement. Um, announcements, announcements, announcements. It's, yeah, it's you kind mean of The Force the... Awakens, right? Oh, different <laughs> episode 7. My bad. It's kind of like the epilogue of the last three episodes, right? I feel like I feel like this one is a little bit of an epilogue. It's a little bit more of a fallout, fallout, the political senate. (laughs) Yep, kind of figuring stuff out. Um, (laughs) But just for Justin, I have I started writing the synopsis again, just so I don't have to steal it from IMDb. (laughs) Yes. So I'll do. Another synopsis for you. You weren't here for last week, and I was really proud of that one. I'll tell you what. (laughs) But this week, the start of any rebellion is always messy. In an announcement, we learn how the Empire retaliates after they they were robbed blind. We get a little glimpse of Cyril working at his new job. Mon Mothma has a panic attack, and Andor starts living his best life. Kind of. I like that. I like that all. Um, That's so much more summed up. (laughs) This was this episode was actually directed by Benjamin Karen. He has directed episodes of The Crown and the Sherlock TV series. Yeah. And it was written by Stephen Schiff and Tony Gilroy. So different director now. Um from Stephen what I can Schiff tell the Americans. So Okay. Spy cool. show. Yeah, and no, no and more Gilroy's. Like, they're taking a break. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it seems like most show. people most people that are in this are part of that genre. They have done something in that kind of genre. And political fillers, yeah. Um, I will say, though, that's not continuing the trend as far as um, the last three episodes were directed by, uh, I cannot remember her name, but they were directed by a certain person. And the first three episodes were directed yeah, by Gilroy's. Yeah. And so I kept thinking that maybe they would be like three episode increments, but apparently he directed, um, I'm sorry, Benjamin Karen directed this episode announcement and he does episodes 11 and 12 mm-hmm. so he's not it's not going to be another three-part kind of episode that they have done with the last middle six. section with the foreshadowing now and he's going to do the finale which hopefully will be epic but yep it, yep he's a director for the finisher i never watched that see i I like to only no no like just close his meaning his terminology everything. but yeah i mean because the gal like, that who started that it off I saw her career, and she had done all the Dick Wolf shows, Outlander, Vikings. I'm like, wow! So she's the epic gal <laughs> now. There's, yeah, yeah, like you say, they're going a little more subtle now. They're going kind of more just people who are used to giant uh, art direction and closed off sets and outdoor scenes. 
Right, which this episode was perfect for that, for sure. Um, I do want to start, before we get into the crazy stuff, because there's, there's some pretty crazy things that happen in this oh, yeah. episode. There's a lot of a lot more dialogue, again, which for for Star Wars, it's very different. It's very good dialogue. It's very well yeah. written. Um, and they just continue that trend. I don't like sand. I don't like politics. <laughs> yeah, and, and they do a lot a lot better job explaining why they don't like sand or, or whatever. Yes. But um, <laughs> this episode first starts off with Cyril and his mother. Is it, That's his mom, right? Yeah. That's got to be his mom. In the flashbacks, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, but the way that she's talking to him about how he dresses, how he's like getting ready for this the interview. brown suit. Yeah, she's like, it makes you an individual. She's like, what are you wearing? And and he's like, I'm wearing the brown suit. And she goes, what have you done to it? And he's like, I got it tailored. I feel and so he's like got this big old turtleneck, and he just looks like it's looks like looks like he's in a different tax bracket. Um, but she she has this thing that she says to him, um, that like, I don't know, it just kind of seemed like it punched him right in the face where after he describes he got it tailored she's like you know it it looks like you're trying to say look at me i don't believe in myself and i'm desperate for approval i'm just like dang she holds no punches with this dude her imperial son yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm kind of starting to feel bad for cyril are you guys on that same train? Like, do you feel bad for oh, this guy? Or oh, you, no. Like... I do feel so... I feel so bad for him. This is the first episode I really got to relate to him. It's interesting. And then I was just, yeah. like... Just having an overbearing mom, I'm like, yeah, I get that. I know how it's like to be submissive to a mom. Oh, And they're also trying to, and then, uh, yeah, just show how he's just a nutter. If he wasn't working here, he'd be probably working a factory, you know, on... Tatooine or something, you know. He's yeah, a middle class worker who somehow works for the biggest, you know, space Nazi force in the galaxy. Right. <laughs> like you, you can tell he wants to be something more. Like he wants to be he doesn't like known his or or something. He gets and no approval from anybody. Exactly. Like nobody, nobody cares. He he was the but only like, one that got fired out of that group. Yeah, I he think. got demoted. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, everyone else got demoted. He just got let go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. completely. Yeah, and so he's definitely was he like, like the scapegoat. Then? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say so. Um, but so for his story, he doesn't have a lot of story in this one. He's still kind of a background character for now. I still think he's gonna start hunting for Andor somehow. Um, but he basically gets an office space job. That's why this episode is eh. called Space Office Space. <laughs> Because so he gets burned put in a cubicle, and they don't give up his futuristic stapler. Swing <laughs> their stapler. Who took my stapler? <laughs> I didn't He's expect the shift to the female imperial gal and the, her to play the office politics politics game. That was pretty unexpected. She, yeah, and and oh, that was a bitch I'm, slap. We're gonna get into that in a yeah, second sorry. because she's she's got some cool stuff. And no, you're good. Um, I I really just want to ask the question: Who the fuck is Cyril's uncle? We still haven't met him yet. It's going to be Tarkin. I was thinking no someone like no. that, but what's funny is no I thought way. the guy who's like the Game of Thrones guy who's like the main Imperial they all answer to, I thought I thought he had done like the Moff Tarkin portrayal in like Kinda, the body. Yeah. In, 
So yeah, it was like, at first I was like, oh, it's young Tarkin. I'm like, no, it's they've just addressed him as someone else. It can't be. So yeah, right. it might be Moff Tarkin. It might be Admiral Thrawn would be a cool Thank introduction because Thrawn again, doesn't have any kids though, so I don't, I don't think. That... Well, no, I just mean, and he could be. You'd have to have a brother, a, or sister. you know, adopted, you know, nephew. Oh, but I just oh, mean because oh. I mean, Filoni and all the other guys are trying to, you know, make everything that Disney disowned canon again. So. Uh, that's happy. my biggest thing this whole season i'm just my biggest like what's the the stretch my biggest stretch prediction or whatever is that <laughs> thrawn is going to come in at some point in time i still i'm i'm holding out hope i know that that is very far-fetched but um it, it would be cool very hard and, and i have a bad feeling about this <laughs> i would love it if if cyril's uncle was Someone that that we knew for sure, but and not like a predominant character. Zero, I keep thinking of Chris Parnell from Cyril from Figus. freaking Archer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I spell it different kind of spy. I spell it the same way as Cyril Figus, but I know I it's love you not. Even more, I just great. I just like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see where that goes because basically Cyril just gets put into this office based job. You know, his mom is like, I hooked you up. <laughs> With your uncle, and your uncle's going to get you a job, and then his uncle's like, yeah, this is beneath me. Hey, Todd, can you put him in a cubicle somewhere? Mm, yeah, you know, can like, you come in? Yeah, so, but <laughs> that being said, later on, um, I think that comes into play a little bit and, and will kind of uh, give more fuel to the hunt for Andor story that Cyril's about to go on. Um, See, I feel like Cyr- or Cyril didn't even get the job because of his record. Oh, he totally did. They sat him down in the chair. The very last scene know. is him sitting in a chair. Oh, he did a Chris Hansen on how to catch a predator. I took a seat right here. Yeah, why don't you just take a seat? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we'll, again, that, that'll probably be one of the last things we talk about <laughs> because I have some, some predictions as far as what's going to happen with Cyril's job. Um, but there's so much more to talk about. And the biggest thing, and there's a there's a few things to discuss in this section. A few, um, just okay. just in general, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the we we get to see like like Justin was saying the fallout of the Imperials basically getting all together. The IS ISB is getting all together, and they're you know basically figuring out what they're going to do to handle this situation. <laughs> um, the rebels started the real tyranny of the empire this whole robbery yeah. and and luthan's plan is absolutely what starts the ruthlessness of the empire and there's like in this episode there's all these special rules and laws put into place the rule from of law emperor palpatine <laughs> yeah and it's some of them are kind of crazy so i wrote down a few of them and i want to talk about them for sure because like First of all, the tribute tax that they're doing equals five times the amount stolen from Aldani, le- yeah. levied on any sector harboring partisan activity. So these planets or these sectors that are like accused of having rebels on them have to pay five times the amount of what was stolen. Yeah, so in the galaxy far away, this tax system sucks. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be ruined. <laughs> Any planet that gets 
that gets accused of that is going to be absolutely destroyed. And it's systematic, just like every problem. They're setting it up as a scapegoat. Okay, we own you for the rest of your existence until the rebels blow up this base and it's their problem. <laughs> yep. And the thing that, that really is baffling is another one of the laws that Palpatine puts in place. There's, he's he, They mentioned that he's holding an emergency session to propose a bunch of like amendments you and, think he's and gonna bills appear and such. Later? maybe it would be really maybe, cool maybe it would be cool but i don't know um not in the budget but, <laughs> but basically the isb handles everything now and they can do whatever they want palpatine gives basically homeland, gives them yeah. order <laughs> yes. next week on homeland they sign the bill to listen to our cell phones yeah Senate. read our emails You're right and solid so that... carry come in to stop the bill from being signed stop Governor, there's a bomb under. <laughs> but that already right there, like the first thing, the tax, um, the, the tribute tax for anyone that's harboring partisan activity. And then the ISB being able to determine what that partisan activity oh, is. Yeah. You, you're just setting you're just setting up for for craziness like that. I mean, I think we might actually see some planets like Jakku in like a prime state mm. but gets destroyed by the empire because of these certain things i mean hard ass taxes yeah or or just but, them getting blasted to bits because they think they're harboring rebels rebels scum but here's here's the question that i have why did uh the emperor decide to lay his long dick now <laughs> all the time like you want to piss me off here's the dick because palpatine palpatine always worked in the shadows and so what we do in luthan, the shadows luthan makes a really good point that the empire has been squeezing them without them noticing and just gaining more and more control without them noticing now that the, em the, the Emperor is doing this, people are going to actually notice. So mm -hmm. even though you're starting this like destruction of a bunch of stuff, you're also starting more of a rebellion. So because... Palpatine is the Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Sabotage yeah. their own <laughs> place and pretend to be something else. And then essentially, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, it's kind of brilliant how both of these, I guess both of the lines, like the Rebel and the Empire, how they just kind of collide right now. Oh, yeah. And it makes sense because they don't respect everyone else from that point on. They're always like, oh, senators. Right. And they're doing such a good job explaining why. Explaining why the Empire is the way it is now and why people hate them the way they do. Because the at first, everyone was cool with it. They actually read it right? now, so now it's like, oh, I don't like what it actually entails. And the the yep. guy who's yeah drinking the punch with Mon Mothma there that's so wild. I was like, I can't be seen with you, but I'll talk with you for a sec. Oh, um, right. I I don't like it, but I'm just going along with it. Well, I'm gonna deal with it. Yeah, and and as Justin was saying, Palpatine laying his big old dick on the table and, <laughs> and just like showing it around and making sure oh, that everyone yes. knows who's boss. People are. People are going to be offended by that. I would be offended by that. Because first of all, that thing probably uh, looks okay disgusting, let's be honest. <laughs> and second of all, nobody wants to see that. Um, but again, I... I think it looks like his face. Interested. <laughs> <laughs> probably. 
Mommy. <laughs> All right, enough Palpatine dick talk, please. Um, <laughs> there no, was must have more a couple other. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That gives me the best. I've been wanting to start an OnlyFans for a while, and I could totally do it and just do a Palpatine OnlyFans. There you go. Start And just have all these sexy edition. pictures. Like, <laughs> and it's all ugly Palpatine, like, you know, <laughs> you know, really sexy lingerie and stuff. Just all beat up. Man, I think, I think you're onto oh, something, and I, I'm, like I'm going to steal that idea. Dude. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, unlimited. Pow! <laughs> Let me show you my lightsaber. Okay, all right. So, let's go on to some of those other like rules that they put <laughs> into place. There's two other um, ones: um, the use of any local custom festival, custom festival or tradition as cover for rebel activity will trigger permanent revocation of imperial tolerance. So that means that. What does that? Mean? So what basically, that, that means that if the empire thinks that you're using some sort of parade or you're using some sort of event yearly event that happens if they suspect that you're that they're using it as cover they're just going to come in and take over gotcha if it's some kind of protest or middle finger or anything that's clearly not your heritage or annual event they're going to like you say exactly they're going to stomp they're going to kill and the i believe take away that freedom yeah, and I believe yeah. the imperial tolerance tolerance aspect is like on we're, Aldani. We're friendly fascists. The f- right, the fact that they would work with <laughs> each other. The natives of the of Aldani were okay with the empire being there as long as the empire didn't mess with them. Now, all those natives are going to die. Like they're absolutely just going to yeah. wreck that planet, and they're going to kill everyone involved and just take over. And it's going to be completely imperial run. And so any other planet that they suspect doing that, which takes you back to Palpatine putting in those those measures to make the ISB in charge of all of that. And whatever they think is what's happening and they can do whatever they want. So just tightening that grip and furthering Luthen's point, making everyone realize that the Empire is not good and they're only doing it for control and not for actual unity like like Palpatine has tried to explain. Um, last thing, uh, resentencing directive is put in place. Any criminal act with even indirect effect, uh, any criminal act with even an indirect effect on the Empire is deemed a Class 1 offense, which would be a space felony, I assume. Yeah. Um, but they're also... They also mentioned Level that they're going to go through other cases. Yeah. They're going to go through other cases and reevaluate them and sentence people harder if they need to. Um, so that that comes into play a little bit, a little bit later in the episode. A lot of talk um, of prison time. It is very confusing. Yes, yes. like, okay, so I got to watch this more than once just to infer what all these various punishments actually mean. And I, I they only really go through on the class one offense um until later on when when andor gets in his little trouble um but it's it's great because after all after this meeting uh deidre is like on top of it she knows exactly what the hell's going on and i think she's going to be a bit more of a problem than i first anticipated (laughs) what are your guys' thoughts on deidre's character right now cam let's start with you yeah deidre is the girlfriend right of andor no, she's the the blonde imperial. Oh, okay, yeah. That's got um, that just shitty look on her face. All 
I'm not a bitch, but I gotta play like one. Yeah, she reminds me of Kelly Riley on Yellowstone. Just the whole, uh, I will stare you down. I will become more powerful than you will ever imagine. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like it's a half victory for her. Just when she first first walks in, it's like she gets half of what she wants. It's like they're not gonna hear her case. They're not gonna believe her evidence. So they're like, okay, you don't like it. It's your problem now. You can now go figure it out. You're the they basically she she figures out right now that that the rebels are doing what they're doing to make them look worse. And so she has to go get all of her different Right. They're not case, interested case things, in how they know? look. They're not interested in assessing the problems and Yep. Uh, the guy who she was roasting from across her, uh, who's the kiss ass, as she remarked, uh, had he been? Blevins. Yeah, was he in the last episode? I didn't. He's been. I don't. Mm, I think he was in the last he's episode. Been a few he's been of in them, a couple. Though. Okay. Um, yeah, I was. There were just so he's many. He's the one. He's the one that fired Cyril. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. Let's see, it's been a week, and I was it's so right, distracted by the heist. <laughs> it was a and, fantastic episode. And having yeah, and having to remind everyone who's the member of what team and who's the other guys who are already there disguised. Right. Uh, I already had to remind them because they were conf- I'm watching with friends and family and they're just like, "Okay, wait, wait, wait. What's that montage?" And I'm like, "They're showing you, you know, I'm used to Guns of Navarone, which was a big inspiration for these kinds of movies." So it's like, "Yeah, okay. They're showing you how they're going to rob it and now they're narrating again as the heist is taking place and same kind of deal here is like we know what she's going to do before she even goes in the conference room and right she doesn't even yeah, stand the... up the right uh the same way as she usually gets up this time usually this time it was a like a, around her chair she is desperate to get right. out of that room. well because she was on it she was like i'm gonna go figure this shit out really quick and then bring some more evidence back like you were saying <laughs> when she comes back and starts roasting and then that the guy. yeah the main general guy or Admi- is he an admiral or general I think he's an admiral. I don't know the ranks. I think he's an admiral. I think he's an admiral too. But uh, I love how he's like a word, and he's like, he's just like, he's not here to even talk to her and actually have a word. He's like, oh, you're gonna watch your back. Watch your back. Yeah. They're on to you now. <laughs> yeah, it's like he Justin... can't confess. He oh, can't sorry. admit the empire is weak. He cannot say that they have flaws. He can't assess any problem because then it makes everyone look weak, and he doesn't want to get force choked this week. Not happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what are your thoughts on Deidre and, and her whole um, story, and, and especially in this, because she goes from she hears everything in that first meeting, she realizes what's going mm-hmm. on, she gets all of her evidence, she goes back to the second me- meeting and basically just says, this shit isn't working, and calls everybody I, out. Initially, like, uh, I immediately when I first saw her in like episode one, I was thinking that she was a mole. <laughs> like this is gonna be the rebel mole, Me too. and she's gonna start leaking information out. And then this was the the episode that really cemented it. That I'm like, no, she's just a badass imperial. Did you say she's gonna get shit. You gotta done. say no dramatically. No, no. no. <laughs> I was but, wrong. Like to see her work the the politics of the the military in her favor and slowly do it was awesome to see yeah but like you said the the top guy is like hey hey you gotta ease off a little bit and try to she's the counter to zero because zero goes into everything kind of heavy-handed and she likes to not necessarily sit back but observe you feel like she's kind of a interrogator or philosophical 
philosopher in another life and here she is she's like oh no 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 you know and this is a jeff yeah. goldblum moment oh no 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 <laughs> must yeah. keep going faster must, must figure it let's out. go faster let's yeah. go faster yeah it's like you say it's it's game time for her finally and we kind of got a sense from her she did have an actual voice of some kind of reason before and she was just kind of waiting for the right like all the other centers she's waiting like mon mothma she's waiting for the right time to speak and using yep. her time wisely and she does a wonderful job too and and she gets her little promotion here to be able to basically go to aldani and do some more work mm-hmm. and i love the way that the the guy says it to he's like well since uh since you don't really want to do anything on aldani then we'll let dj go over there and, and take care of it for you and yeah she's <laughs> definitely uh i love that little quip she's definitely ruffling some feathers if you will um <laughs> I've been meaning to do this for a minute, and so here we are. And this is my... I finally got it here. Sorry, 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 sorry. Everything is a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, I'm showing you this. <laughs> the so, rank starts. Oh, my God. Who made the this? The ranks. Um, me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you do not have this much time. Come on. I definitely do not. So, oh God, that's so accurate. I believe Deidre is a lieutenant, and yeah, she has three. The are the they, main leader is a he's got to be the general. Are these based off actual then, U.S. Army stuff, or are they just pulling it out of their ass? It's it's something that somebody made. Um, it's definitely like a <laughs> a fan thing, but I'm pretty sure it's it's so canonical. Six blues as well, so. is an R one general and. Looks like it's also a colonel. So that's confusing. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. That it's the hell. Some of them are kind of the same. Um, but yeah. So basically, Deidre's a lieutenant. Other people are colonels or a general. You would have Pick to practically one. be a Star Wars cosplayer to understand any of this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're right. Um, I know that our good friend Phil that came on and reviewed the Thrawn book with us has a that buddy. Was so much that fun. That is like first ever heir to the that, empire so. review I've ever heard. Really? Yeah, I've never heard any That's other Star Wars podcast take it on, so it was awesome. Yes, awesome. cool. That's awesome to hear. Um, I I'm so excited to do the next book too because it, it's when it You're gets. You're excited. Good. I haven't read it yet. Well, you better start reading it. We're you a little over halfway through Andor. You will read. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a comic book <laughs> version? No, that was Shadows of the Empire. That was amazing. There was a comic book version that of it. They did do Empire. a comic of it? Oh, wow. Yeah, I like a graphic to, novel. I will have to seek like it out. Um, yeah, good stuff. But anyone that didn't get to hear that Thrawn review, definitely go back in our catalog, and you can see there's a three-episode review of Heir to the Empire. It was a ton of fun, and we're going to continue that um, in between the shows. So in between Andor and what's next? Um, is it Ahsoka? I think... I think Ahsoka's coming out next. So in between Andor and Ahsoka, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be doing um, book two of Air of the Empire. And Oh, no, I'm sorry. Dark Force Rising. Yeah, and I, I said that wrong. It's been a while since I've thought about it. But after Andor, we're doing Dark Force Rising. After Dark Force Rising, we're doing Mandalorian Season 1. And then after Mandalorian Season 1, we're going to do uh, the final book in the Thrawn trilogy, the which command. is The Last Command. Thank you. And then after that, it'll be Ahsoka. So 
we have a very full slate of things to review and things to do for the next probably year and a half. So, Justin, I hope you're ready for that. Um, Ooh, that I am. Nice. But let's get back to Andor because there's still a, a few things to talk about. Um, basically, Deidre's great. I'm excited to see where her character goes. And I, I'm, ha- I'm happy that she's not going to be the predictive mole or the, the rebel that the new rebel that joins the cause because she she's very dedicated to her job so um let's go on to where where else we got so i guess we get to see uh mon mothma we can talk about mon mothma for a minute because she has some pretty good little storylines in this um she goes back to luthan and is a little bit more upset than i thought she would be Mm -hmm. justin do you think she's validated in her like upsetness kind of lost the way no luthan flat out told her like we're gonna after this where it's no we're crossing the point of no return like it's her fault for not like really truly reading into that (laughs) realizing it like she plays uh uh innocent a lot of the times when you know she knows better yeah what about you cam do you think she's she's like right in in being upset about it or do you think she's maybe a little misled in her anger i mean i didn't feel like it was unnatural for the character i mean i kind of got that sense when we were introduced her on happy marriage and just even eating at the dinner table was like impossible everyone can't stand each other i think she's it does seem for uh abrupt at first and then i'm kind of was just ready for it just because you know i watched so many similar shows of this type is like she's harvesting she's conflicted and harvesting all this emotion she's like okay so who do i turn to since every other person stabbed me in the back or asking too many questions or gonna expose me as the rebel spy that i'm sponsoring you know right um i think that this is kind of our f- like foreshadowing of Sagarera. Like, this is why she's not a fan of the guerrilla warfare and that kind she of stuff. She has to get her hands dirty, and she is used to doing it from afar and sponsoring it or yeah, she giving some to credits be, to some people. She likes to be a little more in the Indirect. shadows. Like Indirect, Palpatine. yes. <laughs> she likes to give the money, but not really be involved at all. So she has to um, have it on her conscience. Uh, do you think her family's going to get wiped out or something? Or... Uh, oh, her family's gonna leave her. I think they're yeah. I more so Maybe. think they're probably gonna go back to whatever. Wow, best adult dating site. Sixty nine girls. What up? X Y Z. My God, let's uh, <laughs> let's just block that user. Holy that, cow! That was the first time. Yeah, I don't think we've ever gotten a porn spam on our show. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think I think her. Um. <laughs> I think her family is gonna go back to whatever planet she's from. What is it? Uh, what is that planet that she's on? Oh yeah, that. Either wh- whoever she's the senator for, I think they're most likely just gonna leave her and be like, "Nah, peace. We're done with you." <laughs> um, which would make sense to as to why Mon Moth was the way that she is. You know, just kind of like an a grumpy old lady. Grandma. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel kind of bad for her because her heart is in the right place, but she is taking like the brunt of everything her family's falling apart her her job is a little insecure nobody listens to her in the senate 
that last episode when she was trying to to talk to everyone about this blockade and all these things that were happening right as the heist was going on and people just stopped listening to her and started reading their iPads. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of moments. The the one Imperial didn't you like it who looks almost like a uh you know, one of the bunker kind of guards, but without the black. Uh and when they're going down that assembly line, it, it looks like he's literally just <laughs> at the Apple store, <laughs> you know, with the scheduling iPad. <laughs> just doesn't care at all. Yeah, so. he looks so dead inside, whoever that extra was, like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I feel bad for Mon Mothma in a way be- because she is a good guy, if you will. You know, she's doing the right thing. She's trying to make sure that there is peace and harmony in the galaxy as much as there can be. She at should least, be, yeah. <laughs> without being a tyrant, you know, and, and having an actual democracy, although it's an empire now, she's trying to keep democracy. Be alive. the bigger good, don't play dirty, and unfortunately, they are going to have to play dirty because it's just. Yeah. I feel like she she's being the idealist trying to go about this uh through politics peacefully even though I mean so basically yeah they're doing illusions yeah, to the they're going to have to get bloody. Yeah. yeah. We can dirty. get along. Eh, no. Hence why like Saw Gerrera is needed. Yep. Uh that and that was Luthen's point too which I I really enjoyed his piece of dialogue there. Um he says oh, I have it here. I have it here. I have it here. Oh, my God. He says, we need the fear. We need them to overreact. Um, and, and basically, it's talking about the Empire. We need, we need the, the Empire to overreact. So then it shows the people how bad they actually are and, and how much control they, they really want to put on the galaxy. So there are different viewpoints on the way that like Mon Mothma and Luthen want to take care of this problem or start the revolution um and it's just it's it's creating a a nice tension um that that's gonna gonna be a lot of fun i think i think this is gonna bring in Sagarera more luthan's gonna have to find someone else to help him out and saw's gonna be that one to come in so just waiting for it we're seven episodes deep and we still haven't seen good old forest yet so forest whitaker we will yeah. soon <laughs> um Side note with that, did you guys happen to see the Gungan shield in Luthen's office? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, that's what that was? I missed this. I mean, the blue guard who was listening in on that conversation uh. definitely <laughs> reminded me of the royal palace guards that you yeah. see on Naboo as well as on Coruscant and even later in just other Star Wars fiction, like the games and parts, I guess, yeah. of return of the jedi special edition i uh, yeah i i did not see the gun gun shield i would not be surprised if there's some easter eggs some something from Jabba's oh. palace uh i oh there's a lot i would i would hope so at some point in time but yeah i was really excited i was like is that a, is that a gungan shield uh i'm gonna have to rewatch this anyway since i'm ahead of this with family uh so what exact was about 15 minutes in when they first enter or uh, for what? For when they go into Luthen's place? Yeah, where you see everything. Oh man, I didn't. That's the only shot I didn't write the timestamp okay. down for. No, okay. but it was. I'll, it was somewhere around. The, it was. It was pretty, pretty shortly after, um, the first Imperial meeting. Okay. Yeah. Is is when they did that. So, um, but yeah, I, it's funny story. I like to find 
little Easter eggs. And Luthen's shop has all the fun Easter eggs. Yeah, so, I was going to say, you probably stop it in every scene. I do. Oh, what can I see? I do, and I try to see if I can recognize anything, and then I'll uh, pull it if I do, or pull later on, like... Pull it Yeah, like, a couple couple <laughs> episodes ago, I we had found the uh, uh, stones, like the, m- the Mortis, the, the Mortis family stones. The Mortis, So, yes. so, uh... Do you remember Rebels? Did you watch uh, Rebels? Oh, the cartoon, yes. Yeah, there's um, when they go into the world between worlds or whatever. <laughs> Not to be confused is... with the Marvel multiverse. Yeah, yes, the world yeah. between worlds. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have that that picture anymore. Um, the brother who was dark, the sister that was light, yep. and the father that was sort of balanced. Yep. So, so the, on the the Jedi temple walls. There are, you know, the the hands that they move and stuff, right? So in Luthen's shop, there is um, those those hands, like just that slabs of hand pictures are in his shop, and it's like the father, the daughter, and the the son thing. Nice. It's pretty cool. I wish I could find that that picture though. I just apparently I didn't save it. Whoops, my bad. Um, if you go back to, I believe it was episode three. If you go back to episode three, it's definitely there. Revenge of the Sith. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, I think that's about it for Mon Mothma. Did you guys have anything else as far as Mon Mothma's story goes? Uh, I know there are slow moments throughout here. Uh, I felt like there was a little dead space this time where I kind of zoned out a bit. That might change the okay. watch, but it wasn't as lively. I don't know if that was just because we're getting a little repetition or we're saving well, the best I, for last. It was a little bit I got that filler. same feeling, and I think it was because Heist was so good. The Heist was so good. Yeah, now but we got episode, the downtime. We're, we're recharging. You're, like, you're breathing, yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't uh, want to breathe, though. <laughs> so the to... second watch is you, you catch a lot more stuff. You're able to like kind of pay attention okay. more to the dialogue and, and that stuff. And one of those things is uh, Vel gets gets to meet. We get to see Vel meeting with Luthen's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it looks like they're just going to go kill Andor. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. she basically Messed just up. said, go kill him. Anyone notice the baby Yoda in the background? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what kind of asses is he taking? Very small. <laughs> Dang, man, you got me <laughs> About good. About two pixels big. You got me good. You want to have um, some desk yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> with, with the whole Mon Mothma uh, plot line, I've been sort of getting bored of it. Have you? Why? Just because it's lackluster to me. I sort of am already predicting where this is going to go. She's going to lose her family. It's like she's a good performer. Uh, I was kind of that way with Stone Skarsgård when they introduced him at first. I was like, okay, where the fuck is this going? And then it actually Uh, made sense. But I'm like, this episode, I felt like there wasn't enough of them. The last two episodes, there haven't been enough. Yeah, well, yeah, and I was distracted because it was all about the heist. And so, yeah, they need something to ease out their their kind of their dead moments. I'd still... Hot take. I I still don't think Diego Luna is much of an actor. I have no problem with the Whoa. Uh, yeah, I know. The the title character. I just have never been a fan, but he wasn't wow. bothering me these last few times. He can do the work. He just doesn't really have as much of a presence as say, you know, all the other actors. Skarsgard. Yeah, and I just hear he I, was I really see that. just I... kinda just reacting to the CGI around him and I just felt like Oh okay, you're kinda like Christensen level where you're just 
fine. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't do it for me. I still, I still like him. No, but I like the show so, and all. And it's probably because he's so dreamy. Oh well, in Star Wars, I, you know, Ooh. fair enough. I mean, Harrison Ford didn't like his work on Star Wars, and that yeah, worked against true. him because we like Han Solo. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I do agree. We do need to see more Luthen and Mon Mothma's story is. I, I think she's meant to be kind of the boring part of it. I think she she's was the written that way. She doesn't realize she's yeah. the mouthpiece. Kudos yeah. if she actually shoots someone and becomes a spy. It's know. right. It's just the I think the <laughs> nostalgia is what is what makes it a little hard, Justin, because right. <laughs> you you you're like, oh, Mon Mothma, we get to see her young and like not so boring. But then you're like, oh, she's just always been boring. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Have you just so tired? Have of you her. seen her in anything else? Like, what else was she in? I know that I've seen a couple of things with her. Okay, yeah. So uh, she was on episodes and Waking the Dead. I know her mainly from the final season of Spooks. You know, MI Five, that one British spy show. Oh, I never watched that. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I never did watch that. I think yeah. you'd dig the hell out of it. Uh, I think you'd actually get pretty emotional and weep man tears like I did every. Okay. It used I'll to be on A&E and PBS quite a lot. It was on Hulu about three years ago, but it was basically Britain's answer to 24 and Born Identity. But, you know, MI5, you know, that's a step below MI6. So they were talking about just right. all the federal level. And it was always exciting and just pretty much showing, they were doing showing what a police state Britain was becoming years before Line of Duty. And yeah, she was a cool spy on that. So I feel I would like to see that version of that spy version of actress Genevieve O'Reilly instead of a what we're more. seeing here as her turn as Mon Mothma. That she's right, just the kind of in Rogue One boring and, politician. So. Yeah, or just the trouble. I, I want to see more of her troubles. You know, I at least have one scene where she just punches a window open. You know, <laughs> hey, like, we this might is not we cool. <laughs> We might get to see something like that. Hopefully, we get. Hopefully, we get to see something. I really she haven't has to slap seen someone. much. At least slap a senator and say "you bastard." And has everyone been surprised you that they had a language on here? I have counted bastard yes. one use of shit. Really? Yes. They yeah. say shit briefly. I have my notes. Thank God I take notes. I don't. They, I don't remember. Okay, that. so they use shit in episode three. It's brief, but you'll catch it, and then you know. Episode six had disgusting bastard. <laughs> yep. And there was I'm a use of bastard in episode two. Yeah. I was very surprised because the most I think we had was in the original, you know, let's get the hell out of here. There was, you know, right. Occasional language yeah, the... in the Rogue Squadron books like son of a bitch, but that was it, you know. Right. Um that's that's a good point. But this show is very much more an adult friendly show. I was so surprised, yeah. yeah it's just... And so it makes sense, and I think that's kind of why they're doing it because they're like no no no. remember it's it's when still kind I remember. Of um <laughs> as far as genevieve o'reilly uh, goes i so have hot. not really seen anything really that she has been in um other than star wars you see Tim I mean, star on amazon no man it's weird I, I mean i did I, watch walking Walking, oh no, Waking, waking the Dead. The dead. I, thought, yeah, I thought it was, I read that as The Walking Dead because I'm <laughs> dyslexic sometimes. Jeez. But no, there's really not much. Matrix, maybe. She was in Reloaded Briefly, in Revolution. She's a voiceover in but... the video game Overwatch. Okay, she's and I never a, played Overwatch. Victoria. So, dang, I'm going to have to go check out some more of her stuff because 
because Justin is absolutely right. She's a little boring in this, and <laughs> I would like to see see a little more yeah, of her in some action, this, you know. Yeah. So, um, let's move on to to Andor because he's got the biggest biggest story of this. This is his show, after all. Um, what what were your guys' thoughts on? basically everyone rejecting him when he went back i felt like that was gonna come up eventually he's been so used he's basically had just to prove himself and pretty much we already know the story he proves himself in rogue one by being heroic along with the other guys it was interesting seeing the oh shit look you know when he's captured by that uh, kt blue you know droid unit KX? KX, sorry. I'm uh, yeah. Now all the no, Star Wars okay. fans are gonna that, throw tomatoes. A... You bastard, you got it wrong. Uh, no, no, no. That's a whole new little scene we gotta talk okay, about. Okay, yeah, so is, I'll say that. But uh the biggest thing for me in this Yeah, episode. no, I was confused <laughs> that he had uh, another girlfriend living at his residence and I was like, Whoa, 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 when did this happen? Oh, that was just a booty call. Yeah, but I, I just me? didn't recall that happening in the last episode. So I was the, like yeah. Wait, are you talking the the one on the island or the one at her at in on his home planet or his... on his home planet when he's trying to take a shower i think they had dated uh, in the past okay so they're just roommates because she didn't seem interested in him, but it was just interesting i was like whoa 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 what did i miss here and then yeah his girlfriend is just like she's so bitter over her asshole boyfriend who started oh, the that's, whole that's, love triangle that's who i thought you were talking about the, yeah no the girl the, the girl in the, the hotel room flame, is definitely a booty yeah call. yeah the old flame yeah. oh yeah would totally yeah anyway uh yeah it was i did not expect her to do the whole rejection and then yeah when andor goes back to his house then i was like whoa okay he's got this other roommate and yeah uh, star wars is showing the nitty and gritty of what it means to actually like live inside a very small shared apartment (laughs) yeah and just the nitty-gritty of real life um justin what about what about you what are your thoughts (laughs) on on him coming back getting rejected by his adopted mom see it I took it from a more realistic point of view. I'm thinking like, all right, Andor's that one friend you lend money to over and over and over again. And he's finally paying you back. And he comes <laughs> back into town. He's like, yeah, I finally got it. Here you guys I go. I got it. <laughs> and, and then you look at him and you're like, okay, you, you need to get the fuck out of here. Why, guys? I want to hang out with you. What's, what's do with this? And, no, Maybe that's no, part man, of his stilted acting. He's good well, at He doesn't make you good. <laughs> I didn't, but uh, he's just like a bad friend to me. And then, then it, ultimately, I look from the other point of view. Like Andor, he just comes home. He wants to give everybody, everyone has their money back. How you doing, guys? He's gonna, be, <laughs> yeah. He wants to save everyone. Well, I and then he gets shot down. I th- I got a different take on that because he, I feel like everyone was mad at him because he was the reason that the Empire is now putting a chokehold on their planet. Ultimately, yeah, but he's just here, or he was part of it, you know, like he was complicit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely, he takes the blunt of the uh, blunt of the blame. I, I could, I could see, I could see that though. Maybe, maybe I read into it the wrong way because, because really, his aunt Petunia um, gets gets upset <laughs> because <laughs> she she doesn't want to leave. She wants to like she doesn't want to just up and uproot everything and and move away. And she that because he insists on that so much, that's when she kind of realizes, oh, it's your fault that all this is going on. You need to just go away. And I I guess I kind of felt 
a little for Andor because, like you said, he was that dude that's always like, oh my god, I'll get you back, and then never, never does, and then finally comes around and everyone's like, now we're sick of your shit. But he, but he had gotten so much to bring back for everyone. Like he had, he was doing things tenfold, you know, and he was trying to do things like in a really nice way. But everyone was just, like you said, so over it that they kind of, <laughs> kind of got rid of him. Um, I did like the little backstory of Clem, his, um, I would say, adopted father, the guy that. He kind of gets uh, he gets screwed a little bit because people, you know, it's it's a flashback and they're watching stormtroopers uh, walk through the city and then all these civilians start throwing tomatoes and things at the stormtroopers. Well, Clem goes out to stop Pretty them small and the stormtroopers <laughs> and the stormtroopers turn around and and see only him standing there, so they decide to hang him and. <laughs> Even though he was trying to keep the so peace, they That's just killed him instead. <laughs> so, it's it was. See, go for it, Justin. Uh, were they stormtroopers or were they clone troopers? It was in between. That yeah, okay. no, yeah, because they got the clone kind of armor, but it's very different. It's still uh, it's beginning. And right. so that's it, what threw me off. That, I'm like, oh, this is a flashback. And then, yeah, we're having the mom tell him. Yeah, I looked at him and I'm like, this is different. No one on the Kandor planet in the past. Yeah, is alive. Yeah. Just got a deal. It's, it's a lot to take right. in. And we're kind of left out of it, I think, just so we're just as shocked as the hero. Right. Um, I, I just, I was happy to see a little bit more um, story as into Andor's like past. And what happened to make him kind of the way he is? You know what I mean? Um, and and to see Clem and actually like see who the guy was that he stole the name from. So that that was that was good. Um, it was good to see B two emo again, my main man. B two emo. B2. Me too. Um, I am a little <laughs> so sad. I, yeah, I'm a little sad that this is probably the last episode we'll see those two characters. Um, unless we get them in like some sort of heroic death scene. What or was something their name like that. again? Oh, that's right. And it's very hard to remember a lot of their names, and yet at the same time, I do kind of want to see more of the spy and heist guys, even though most of them died. Right. Well, all of them kind of died, but we got Vel and Sintas. Sintas. What's her? What's Sintas her name? Rojas. Sinta. Sinta is her Sinta. name. Sinta is the one that's still on the planet, trying to get away, and Vel is the one that, the only survivor of that heist crew. Um. But yeah, it's well. Where was I going? Oh, B two emo was really sad. He it, it made me sad to know that we're probably not going to see him much anymore. Um, but we got a good kind of going away, and we got to see Andor go and, like I said at the beginning, live his best life, quote unquote, on a beach planet. But you got to say, called... live your life like Rihanna. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, Niamos. Niamos is the name of the planet. Yeah. It oh, yes. sounds like a vacation that planet, was the right? Money, the and that was our money shot for this week. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, Jurassic Park. He's got a new name. His name is Keef. <laughs> See, I'm wondering where he pulled this name from. Because he smokes a lot of weed, bro, and he puts some Keef uh, on that. And he's like, oh, Keef's <laughs> a good name. No, I don't. I don't know. But uh, wasn't there a character named Keef Garga or something like that? In Star Wars, maybe no. It was Grief Cargo was his name. My bad. There's the dyslexia coming in again. Um, 
What did you guys? I, I my biggest question about this, and and we talked about it with measuring the score last week. Um, how the music has been different on this show. This music was much different. Very very uh, electronic. Um, yeah, less, less John Williams, more twenty twenty two. I really what been do you think? It? It's even different from Michael Giancino's, you know, usual mm-hmm. deal. It's very. It's very just kind of atmospheric and kind of complements all the subterfuge that's going on and the lack of trust. And I think Tony Gilroy wanted that like he does with all his movies that he produces and writes. Um, I did not like the music that plays very shortly after with that, you know, when Andor is being pursued on foot by the Imperials. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, that sounds like it's trying, you know, a Fast and Furious movie soundtrack. I get what they're going for, but it's that 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 felt flat for me. You know. What about you, Justin? What did you think about yeah. the the music? Because it it has been different from our normal John Williams scores, and, and <laughs> even um, <laughs> yeah, it seems to be more fast paced. It gets you hooked. Um, it's omniscient at the same time. It's very it's been different, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah, like yes, it still has those big brass. Uh, uh, intros every once in a while, but then it goes into its own uh, rhythm. But yeah, it's and it, it it is different. But I agree. I I have enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed it being different. It's not they're not trying to replicate Anything. all of Star no. Wars in this show. Yeah. They're doing their own. No, they're thing. original. What did you think of and the it's, party music? It's wonderful. I liked it, man. I was okay with it. <laughs> it's brief, but yeah, at first it's like, what? What the fuck is this? Skrillex? Or yeah. What the hell? I was I was more a little thrown off. I was more thrown off by the music in the first episode, the drums, that like heavy drum beat that they Oh use. yeah, the percussion. Yeah. Yeah. That, I was a little was, more thrown off by that. Yeah, that was a lot to take in and then the fact is like, wait, what planet are they on? Wait. Did they really just What's mention a brothel is here? In a Star yeah. Wars movie? <laughs> so good. The first five minutes. First five minutes, and already our main character's already killed someone. <laughs> right. I like where this is going. Um, <laughs> but I, I have been a big fan of, of the diversity of music in this. It you has think been a, a breath of fresh air. You think they'll ever have any Blade Runner type Easter eggs like they did briefly on Kenobi? Well, Neon you know, City. I feel like I feel like we got that a little bit. Did we not? No, no. I, yeah, with the first episode, I feel like we got a little bit of like a neon okay, cyberpunk thing going looking. on. Yeah. Um, but we got some more. I, The sci-fi, like in the office, especially when, when Cyril's walking through the, the big office or then they do the pan out of him sitting at his desk. That was very, very like 70s sci-fi to me. Um, yeah, the very Logan's old school run, sci-fi. Silent exactly. Run, kind of, yeah. Logan's Run is the first thing that came to mind, especially just because of the suits and how it's all the same and it's all just very uniform and stuff uh, like that. This is semi-related. I saw that's actually what Roger Deakins is often inspired when he's especially doing a lot of those Dennis Vinov sci-fi epics. And I feel like it was like we're having all these other movies that are just going to keep being rediscovered that unfortunately most generations have kind of forgotten about. I'm just waiting for the Forbidden Planet Man. shot. When is that going to happen where there's going to be some mysterious <laughs> red mist or yeah windy weather um logan's run is so, yeah. one of my absolute favorite sci-fi i movies. have not seen logan's run i really need to watch um, we have it in the drive i will send you i will there's, send you a just don't to expect it. too much running no oh, and, and, an and it is sci-fi. it's from the 70s it's very old so it's 
it's different. Um, but it's got Basil from Austin Powers in it. Basil, from <laughs> Michael York, yeah, and uh, Farrah Fawcett's in it and stuff. So it's Ooh, it's a it's a good movie and it's very it's a classic. They made a so TV before show. they before they remake it and most likely ruin it, make sure to watch that original. <laughs> um, we have basically the the last thing that we have to talk about is Andor getting arrested and sentenced, right? So first, I want to talk about how he gets arrested. Oh, this yeah. is very imperial, tyrannical shit here. He's just walking, minding his own business, and the shore trooper's like, hey, what are you doing? And decides <laughs> to just stop him out of nowhere and, and arrest him, which is kind of, it's kind of um, on point with like the current state of the real world. Oh, yeah. You know, it definitely touches on the current politics and uh, judicial system right now, and it's and how the police go too far, and how Star Trek is that to pull in real life politics and put it in freaking you know, Star in, Wars, in the film. Yeah. like that's really, I mean, aside from like Nazism and stuff like that, we don't get a lot of current up-to-date politics thrown into star wars like star trek does star trek it's it's all it's abundant and it has been since the 60s um but this is kind of one of the first times that we see that and it was really cool it's as someone that's grown up on star wars it's watched star wars and always been into the fantasy i'm actually kind of digging the pulling us into a real world sort of thing what about you cam what do you think about that i'm with you i do like how they're actually trying to go that route it's I kind of uh, I don't have any issues with it other than just kind of wishing there was just kind of more establishing shots just kind of for reminding us hey this is part of Star Wars but it's a different kind of Star Wars if you know what I mean yeah but there's actually where they're going I, is good it's just it's a slow burn you got to be ready that's for a, that that's a good point and I I think they're doing that on purpose and they they're are. making us feel <laughs> make it seem a little bit smaller not your than dad's the Star Wars yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I think what was it not your grandpa's Star Wars yeah so yeah at this point yeah <laughs> great granddad's even you know yeah. right um so he gets arrested just out of nowhere by what was it okay so I originally thought it was a K2SO unit but it's not it's a, it's a KX unit and it malfunctions oh yeah Justin when that thing malfunctioned and you realized, oh shit, this isn't this isn't a K two unit. What did you think? Oh, uh, just in the beginning when you first see the KX unit walk up the stairs, I I had like that heart dropping moment. I'm like, yes, K two, and then I'm like, oh no, he's still bad. This is they're they're gonna do whatever they need to, and then uh, yeah, then he's like, oh, he took hang verbatim hang yeah and then just choked him out i'm like oh this this thing's interesting so did you uh did you happen to hear me like whispering in your ear i told you so did you did you get any of that <laughs> shut up <laughs> only a little bit because i'm telling like you Alan Tudyk is going to show up and he's going to be the one to perfect the kx droid and make it the k2 droid and it's going to be his voice, and it's going to be glorious. Um, Cam, what did you think about the KX droid? I, I liked it. No issue with the design. I liked how it didn't sound like Alan took. It sounded like some other kind of menacing kind of 
Frank Welker, Transformers kind of actor, voice actor, and then yeah, uh, yeah, we we the audience who are familiar with Rogue One are like, oh, okay, so this is why this is the real origin story of his oh shit look when he first met that blue droid, you know, in Rogue One. It's like right. oh shit, this is the guy who right. almost just about, you know, literally choked me to death. <laughs> right. Um, I think the only difference that I saw between the KX and the K two was um red there's red on the shoulders instead of yellow mm. insignia, interesting baby. uh the insignia is still imperial um but it was just the the colors from what <laughs> i could tell i didn't i didn't like i didn't examine the kx droid as much as i do luthan's shop <laughs> but um but yeah the, that that red line definitely made it different um He's. I'm. I'm just stoked. I'm. I'm excited that we're getting. Uh, getting an origin story of K2, and I'm even more excited for my Alan Tudyk prediction to come true. Um, yeah. Justin, you actually. <laughs> you actually weren't on the episode last week. Unfortunately. Um, but I brought up the Andor trailer, and uh, and I can do it again real quick. If, <laughs> if you just. If you want to see it really fast here, uh, just. Just so. Just to remind you. That that is absolutely Alan Tudyk. <laughs> yeah, I heard he was coming back, so I, I believe it. That is, like, there's there's no way it's not. And and here they're working on K two droids. You can see it in the background. They're working on the droids. That is absolutely him de-aged. Yeah, I believe it. It's persona. Why would they de-age him though? Because he's got to be younger. I mean, maybe he's not de-aged. Maybe he just is a vampire. That could be. But I thought he looked a little older. I, I could he's be putting wrong. his persona in the robot. Yeah, yeah, yes. Which, which could be really cool because if they do some sort of consciousness transfer, that can open up a whole new world of shit for Star Wars. <laughs> um, which I, I wonder how fans would react to that. Mm. That'd be too much. It probably too it much. probably wouldn't be very good, would it? Man. Although, I mean, if you th- if you think of General Grievous, that's kind of a consciousness transfer. There is that. I mean, Star Wars can be whatever it wants to it. be. Who expected to see Jennifer Bills playing a sexy Twilight alien on Boba Fett? I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. Um, so now he gets he gets taken to court, which looks <laughs> just like so much fun. Um, and the first guy I want to bring this up, the first guy gets sentenced to four months for loitering, <laughs> loitering. and animal fouling. Yeah, and then he's going, I, what, what, <laughs> what? No, I didn't do that. No, that. He didn't have a collar on. That, that's pretty much it. He didn't have a leash dog. Oh, man. okay. They're the worst. Okay. I was thinking something way worse. But still, that's <laughs> shit. That's shit. Ridiculous. So, Four months. So what you're saying is you want the episode to end with, you know, Andor, welcome to Oz. Oh jeez. <laughs> Be funny the the first three episode or the you know the the big three episode arc is a heist and the next three episode arc is a prison break. That's probably what Ooh. it's gonna be. Yeah, I would I would guess so. Um, that's a good theory. But I, it's. <laughs> Yeah, four months for I, I I definitely went the wrong way with animal fouling. So thanks for clearing that up. Um, but basically, Andor gets charged for civil disruption, anti-speech, fleeing the scene, damaging property, all of Imperial's stuff, 
And so from the beginning of this episode, we know now that the punishments are much more um, severe when it comes to fucking with the Empire. You know, they're, they're basically the definition of fuck around and find out right now. And Andor just kind of found out, even though he wasn't really doing anything, he just kind of found out. And it's kind of a karm- karmatic thing, you know? Like, we well, might not, not have get gotten busted with the heist, <laughs> but you're still going to jail, bud. I'm still going. Got fucked in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you? I thought it was interesting how they had the pre-judgments uh, and then the post-judgments. Because initially they're like six months. Wait, no, six years. <laughs> and we just. And then at first, I was thinking her. that I was thinking that that chick was just being a bitch and was just trying to fuck him, Karen status. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait, no, it's the new rules. I, I do you remember this. Point. Yep. And so, so two things are called back here from this episode. In this one scene, we get the the imperial rules that were designed now for new prisoners. And we get Luthen. Like, I just heard Luthen saying people will suffer. Or Mon Mothma saying people will suffer. And this is kind of the start of that. Is people are mm-hmm. definitely getting uh, accused of things they're not doing. They're getting falsely arrested. And they're just getting screwed for it. And Andor's our first so bad. Yeah. person to, to go through that. So it was really, really cool to see them wrap the episode up like that. To wrap up those two different little threads from... Mon Mothma and the Empire and put it directly into Andor. Like he was the the conduit for all those things. And I I it was it was a great to see it the second time. Cause like you were saying, Cam, the first time it was like, oh man, I just want more action. But then watching it the second time, you're like, oh wow. They <laughs> they did a wonderful job maneuvering through this maze into one single character. And, and again, just yeah. just brilliant. It's they've They've done such a good job with this show, and I cannot speak highly enough about it. Um, that is literally all I have for my notes. That's all you have? No, I'm just <laughs> only only an hour and fifteen minutes. What do you think of the um, art direction this time around? Because like when they first saw, we saw all those you know darkly colored you know, uh, you know uh, locker rooms and desks. Mm. And this time they actually kind of gave you an idea of, you know, like the little bubbles that were kind of like Darth Vader's chamber, except, you know, it's for all the various guys who operate the various, you know, everything from going through things, the, yep. the, someone's on lasers. payroll in there. Someone's, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> someone's doing um, desk duty. <laughs> I just kept thinking office space the whole time, <laughs> but that, but that is a good point to bring up because the very last scene is them showing serial dicking around on the computer and he is absolutely going to find Andor in that computer. He's going to see Keith just get sentenced to whatever he gets sentenced <laughs> to and be like that's Andor and he's going to that's going to spark <laughs> his whole thing. So um it's it it was very very cool to see like a Star Wars mundane job. Right? You know? <laughs> something that like if you were just a normal ass person in Star Wars, this is probably what you would do, and it would suck. <laughs> um, Justin has left the building. So, Cam, did you have any other any other notes that you wanted to bring up for this episode? At all? Uh, for those who aren't digging it right now, just get ready to binge it. It's a slow burn. It will definitely add up over time. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I, I would say if yeah. 
maybe just wait for the rest of the season to come out and just finish it off that way because I I feel like some some sometimes these Star Wars shows are much better watched all at once. Oh yeah. Instead of episodically. Um I am just praying that and I'm I'm actually working on it myself just doing it for personal use. Um <laughs> but I'm hoping that Disney will make an official like one movie of like Mandalorian season one, two, Boba Fett. Like they take all the credits out and just cram all the episodes together to make the one interesting long movie <laughs> instead of episodically. I'm I'm I've connected in for season one, and I'm trying to do this before we actually review season one because I'd I'd like to watch it this way as well. But <laughs> I've connected episode one and two so far. Mm. Um, just basically just taking out the credits and right as soon as episode one ends go directly to episode two no outro credits no intro credits just bam right there so <laughs> i'm really hoping that disney will make an official version like that but i i don't i don't think they will they want people to spend money on disney plus right too many hours um, to go through <laughs> yeah justin did you have any last notes or anything you wanted to cover Whoa. (laughs) Is that what you left the camera for was to go get your holocron? Yeah. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That was the it was my favorite thing that I got at Disney. That buildable lightsaber, but my holocron. That's really cool. All All right. Well, that being said, then we're gonna move on into our segments. And this week we're starting with He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. This week, we're starting with Boba's Bounty. It's the segment where we choose our favorite character, droid, ship, planet, our our favorite new thing that's been introduced into Andor so far. Cam, let's start with you. What has been your favorite new piece of anything from Andor? Oh, man. Didn't I mention this in the chat? Let me look back at our chat. I had it. I don't remember if you did or not. I don't. I don't think so. No, sorry. Yeah. So um, <laughs> have I, to do it on the fly now. I guess. Yeah. Now I'm on the spot. Uh, I guess what I like so far might be um, some of these just new planets. Just like the Canari was inter- enticing at first, and then the planet where they did the heist was interesting because it's just a lot of woodlands and. I was getting just Mongolian kind of tribe like <laughs> echoes from that. That's very interesting. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to see a little more of that. It's just it's just kind of interesting to see just kind of Star Wars where it's a little more cryptic. You're not sure what cultures this is mirroring in real life versus, you know, where it was pretty obvious. Obviously, in all the other movies, just like okay, those <laughs> separatists are kind of uh communist china you know it's it's not as see-through as it is with all the other movies right that's uh that's that i I do like that though that's a great pick the the all the new planets have been good um justin i know you kind of wanted to elaborate on that oh i i chose uh namos namos the new one i just like the feel like i haven't seen a, a really good party planet the closest I, I think Park I can recall Dinos. is, yeah. yeah, I can. I think I can recall the the cruise liner in the Last Jedi, but 
that, that was that. But to see like Margaritaville, uh, we need some Jimmy Buffett futuristic cool. <laughs> music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I was expecting to see more drinking, less sitting on. The steps. aliens were interesting because it's almost like they're like a more fatter version of the Max Rebo Jabba the Hutt planet, but. Oh yeah. That's I, that's I, funny I that you say that because you're absolutely right. I'm pretty sure it's the same species, right? Kind of looks like yeah, it. Yeah, one of them was blue with a trunk, so it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, both great picks. I, was, I what? Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna elaborate on it that uh, it was filmed in uh, Kleepkey's Lanchester, UK. Okay. And mm. I, I thought that was really interesting because I saw a uh, pre. CGI photo and then the post and I'm like, oh, that's actually really close. <laughs> nice. And then um, like when it was panning out through the crowd and everything throughout the planet scene, I just noticed it was very diverse of uh, alien culture and different aliens I haven't seen before. And then I was just thinking sort of outside the box that maybe this is why the, the Imperial has such a uh, high command presence there because it's highly populated with aliens. And then the, that ties into the whole fascism and how they're anti-alien and uh, only human. Oh, so the human leg's got to be in here. I'm only human. Yep. That that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I I like those picks a lot. I've loved all the new planets that they've introduced into this show, for sure. Um, I I would like to see maybe some planets that we know about already that we haven't seen yet. Even Dan tattooing um, or just stuff that's always been part of the lore but very rarely explored. Yeah. I I would I don't Dan would be cool. Dan Tuin would be great. Um like that should be where someone gets like trapped or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> very planet mentioned as didn't Dan Tatooine get mentioned as being destroyed at the star? Um I think it I don't I think it happened in Kotar. But... That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, but but more planets that we've already heard about. I think what they're doing right now with all these planets is establishing their own um, extended universe and not using yeah. those old planets. But I mean, we've only briefly seen Corellia. Right. Um, we haven't really seen anything of Kessel. We haven't really seen much more of Kashyyyk. I'd love to see Kashyyyk being taken over by the Wookie planets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's got to have a Wookiee senator in there somewhere. <laughs> right. I would love. Um, I, I actually, I have loved seeing more of Coruscant, especially the underbelly of Coruscant. Seeing like the, they do the a good real... job of the around the corner kind of claustrophobia that every good spy show does. Right, and and they're really showing that Coruscant is a city planet, and that it is like a yeah. New York planet. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. So awesome picks, guys. My pick that we kind of talked about in length is the KX droid. Um, I was, A, I was super excited to see him, the, the droid in general, but also just knowing that, you know, I'm probably going to be right again is, is very nice for me. So um, I really want to see more of the KX droid and see more of it malfunctioning because I'd like to see what actually triggers the k2 droid to be perfected you know yeah um but yeah excellent pick guys we are going to move on to our second segment which this week is 
<laughs> this is the Sarlacc killer scene where we talk about our favorite still shot from each episode. Um, it is different than last week. Last week we had one chimers. Um, once again, we are doing different segments throughout the season to kind of keep it a little bit fresh. And we're also letting our our wonderful guests um, choose one of the three segments that they would like to like to do. So um, that being said, we're going to start with our wonderful guest Cam and his one shot his sarlacc killer shot for this week and it comes at the 41 minute and five second mark yeah tell us about this shot all righty so yeah once again you know like <laughs> jc was hitting on it yeah it's just seeing those dino looking like pterodactyl birds flying overhead and then looking so rendered so well along with this and then you just can't tell what's fake and what's not you know it's just it just blends in so well, and like you said, the music score complemented it all. That shot Excellent. doesn't last long enough. <laughs> we need more. Of that. It doesn't, and and I agree that the whole oh. Jurassic Park looking like big uh, Coliseum looking thing is, is really cool. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, that this it is. It was really cool to see like a again like a, a vacation planet you know like a like a what, what does he say in in fifth Cake element by the ocean um, no, just kidding. oh the planet that they go in <laughs> in fifth element where it's just like some giant cruise around the <laughs> the world frost in paradise that's what it is um <laughs> you, to, you had to do it in the voice of course oh, man yeah. you can't be like Chris Becker, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that me, was me, wonderful me, 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 me. No, 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 because if that was a bomb, then the bobbycycles would go off. Bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> check it. it. Hey, check it. Oh, different crystal. Sorry. <laughs> Smoke it. All right. All right. Let's maybe. All right. Chris Tucker is awesome, and I would love to see him in Star Wars, actually, thinking about it. I don't got the time let's, for that Jedi shit. No, 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 um mm. excellent excellent pick cam justin your pick comes in at the 12 minute and 24 second mark go ahead and tell us about this one uh so it's a little bit further <laughs> but small for this, a mouse this mouse bot, <laughs> yeah this mouse droid punked cyril and every like e any star wars hall that you can recall the mouse bot or mouse droid always goes around for people but this one starts going through him, and Cyril like does this peer away around it and gets punked by it, and th that's when I realized that this is a hilarious scene yet so sad, because now he doesn't even get respect from. <laughs> <laughs> he this is so this is like right as he's going around the not drawer. even a Dutch angle. This is the mouse viewpoint. But yeah, it's it's so funny because you're right. the The lack of respect for this dude is just it's disrespectful, pitiful. <laughs> but but it's it's really establishing his like why he's gonna go crazy. Can we have a moment why, of why silence for Um, excellent pick. I also love the the background of this too. 
yeah. the you can see just the rows and rows of cubicles and the stacks and stacks of rows and rows of cubicles. In like, the middle between those guys are those energy cells or some shit. It's very much like the I Death Star lovers. It might be an elevator, yeah. but it also might might be that. And again, too. can't tell if it's actually there or digitally inserted later. It's just, it's probably right. digitally inserted, but it looks very good. I would assume this is in a building on Coruscant. That's probably some sort so of corporate. <laughs> yeah, or Apple big. funded the Death Star. I knew it. And look at uh, how yep. look at how out of place he looks with his brown tunic brown. suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Not, none of them belong in the scene together. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. That that is a, a very excellent shot. Um, my shot comes in at the 44 second and 44 minute and five second mark and of course <laughs> it's the kx droid carrying <laughs> yeah carrying the real criminals <laughs> and andor just looking back going oh shit this is no good yeah this is a total blm moment where andor is at the scene of the crime and instantly assumed to be part of the, the crime this is yep yep exactly that commentary. that that current state of politics stuff oh, going on man. here is, is very, very predominant. More like here. what's been going on since Roman times, but now we're just now Correct. getting our head out of our ass. <laughs> yeah. Correct, yes. Do you kind of get a Roman Colosseum even from that kind of? Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I expected a, a robot gladiator to come from behind there. Are you not entertained? That <laughs> would be awesome. <laughs> Maximus oh, that would Freuderidus. be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love this. I I've always loved the look of the shore trooper as well, and it was really cool to see them back in this show. Gilroy just must love that too, because because they were all over Rogue One, and this is one of the first times we saw it in a show, right? In a show, yeah, yeah, for sure. They were first introduced in Rogue One. Yeah, and then yeah, it's just nice to here. see them. It is cool, but. Also cool to see the the menacing look of no, the that's KX a good point. droid. It does feel new, even though anyone who has been watching all Star Wars, you know, would would know. Would know. But at the same time, yeah, it just looks new and just it's angled differently. It's mm-hmm. looks even bigger than the thing is actually in the other versions we've seen. So, <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, um. Great picks, guys. Those I'm. I'm <laughs> Will you I'm hold really... a gun? That's the question. <laughs> we need more free PO type action. I hope so. Oh, no, that would be I, cool. No, yeah. Um, those of you in the listening audience that are not able to actually see the shot can follow Damn. us on TikTok at TMA Podcast. It's actually TMA Network at TMA Network on TikTok, and you can see those segments in little shorts. So, thanks again, guys for participating in the Sarlacc Killer Shot. Let's move on to our third and final, as always. (laughs) The Tusken Raider. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we rate each episode, and this week we're going to rate them from one to ten... Holocrons. Holocrons, sure. Why not? (laughs) Cam, what would you rate this episode mm. out of 10 holocrons? Mm. 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 Okay. Um, wow. Okay. I'm going to rank episode one and five and six, eight out of 10. Other episodes, 
probably a seven. This one, probably a high six, week seven. You know, it's that it's that middle ground. Like you say, it's it's filler. We need it, but at the same time, do we really? You know, it's there's some cool stuff, but there are some little obstacle courses to get through. For sure. So we'll give it a seven. We'll round it up That's to seven. Make it a seven. All right. Because yeah. we're going to watch this again anyway, because unlike other shows, we know what they're going for. It's not like a moment of Game of Thrones where you're like, wait, why is that scene there? Oh, that's right for everyone to right. wake off and see right. some decapitations. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Justin, what about you? What would you rate it out of 10 holocrons? Oh, I, I would agree with everything Cam said wholeheartedly. It's a filler episode. We know what to expect. Um, but for me, it was just a little more disappointing with Mon Mothma's story. You're really stuck on that, aren't you? I'm sort of cemented. I'm cemented on like I'm I'm done with Mon Mothma. Uh, I'm like, all right, she's boring. I'm uninterested. Oh Let's just see her turn good. into the. She is hot. She is good looking on that. But uh, yeah, I I'm giving it a, a six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. There's a good round up. Right. Come on, you make it a. Six and a six. 6.5. Um, all right. So while I do those calculations... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me give you my rating. Yours. It's a seven. I'm rating it a seven. It, it was a great episode. Good setup for the rest of the season. Good dialogue. Um, fun music. Um, and, and just kind of good insight on why the Empire is so terrible. So And just for that will, speech I'll with the, seven. the Imperials, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so while I do these calculations, Cam, why don't you let everyone in the viewing audience and the listening audience know what podcasts you do and where they can find you. Alrighty. The Jacked Up Review Show is available on all platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. We tackle it all. We try to designate a film franchise's place in pop culture. We're going to be doing some rankings this coming year, including the Freddy and Jason franchise face off as well as having you guys on to rank the Star Wars saga. Um, yes. Everything. The books, comics, movies, <laughs> shows. Um, and yes, uh, we also tackle music bands. So we got a lot of electronic, metal, pop and stuff for everybody there. Everything from, you know, radio favorites to cult bands. And yes, we've been doing some TV shows lately. If you want some fun stuff, you can hear some summaries of everything from Ted Lasso to Bosch to uh, the Stargate franchise. Yeah, it's something for everybody. Hell yeah. Yeah, you guys you guys do a lot. Um, we don't want to be in a corner. Out. We don't want to make it be just like for just one audience. So it's like you Trapped, want yeah. uh, for uh, we've done plenty of stuff for International Women's Day and Black History Month, even year, every year since then. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I was listening to a few episodes. Um, I was trying to figure out which ones I did. I kind of went back in the catalog. I like to go back in the catalogs. Yeah, we didn't quite have our voice the first year. You know? We were digging around. Um, yeah, but it, I, I personally, I find that to be fun because I, I have a shit ton of episodes from <laughs> six years of doing this. And going back and listening to some of those, I just go, oh, man, I really hope nobody's listening to these still. That exact one. <laughs> I'm evolved. Um, I'm evolved. I swear. But yeah, I I really do like your show. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's a different kind of review show too. Like you said, there's there's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So wait till you hear the entire Marvel and DC ranked this November. Ooh, and I mean that's all exciting. of it. 
So everything so from going, Conan going, and going League of Extraordinary to, uh, Gentlemen to pre DC and Marvel University. <laughs> Dang. Wow. And we had some hot takes. Good. Not not yes. a single opinion was the same way. I was pretty much hating all just the preachy, you know, too cute for their own good ones. Everyone else, some of them surprisingly hated the Captain America ones. They're like, can't distinguish it from any other action movie. <laughs> I was like, interesting. I like this. <laughs> Yeah, that is a not huh, a single I'm definitely thing. Definitely gonna be the same way. I'll be checking that one out for sure. Um, Justin, are you still staying incognito? Always and forever. All Always right. Well, Justin does take part on the Quest Me Twitter sometimes, and you can find us at Quest Me TMA. Oh, oh. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We are obviously going to be live again next week to talk about episode eight of Andor, and we're actually going to be joined by a a, uh, a guest that we've had before. He's uh, Scar from the Talking Smack podcast. He was on one of the episodes They're of awesome. Boba Fett with us, um, and yeah, I I really like him. It's going to be a blast having him on for sure. Um, again, I I. Everyone that was in the chat, I know uh, Eric was in there, Shay was in there, Phil was in there. Um, thank you guys for, for being there. For those of you that want to join us, find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Um, and you can see all the different times we go live. And that includes with Marvel Cannon Madness, Quest Me, Sudden But Inevitable, Best Flicks with Ricky D. Doesn't go live yet, but I'm pretty sure he's going to. The Intrepid DM Journeys are on there as well. And all of those shows can also be found at www.twistmyarm.net um, so if just like jacked up review um, <laughs> all of our episodes are broken up into different shows so um, <laughs> if you if you want to check out some other things definitely hit that up I think that's going to be it for us this week though so for Quest Me I have been your host I'm Cam I'm Cam in a world where awesomeness exists, these are our stories. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Justin. And of course, my name is Josh. I will always see you every week. May the Force be with all of you. And live long and... Sixty-eight percent. This episode was a sixty-eight percent.